Hello there! And welcome to this week's episode of the Everything is Fine podcast. I am your host, Sean Wilson. And I'm your host, Matt Ebersole. And joining us this week, we have a very special guest, uh, my good friend and roommate, Connor. Woo! <laughs> Hello, my name's Connor. I'm Sean's roommate. Yes, we've, <laughs> That's we've, it. We, have named, we have name-dropped Connor a couple times. This is a very anticipated... The man, uh, the myth, the real. legend, as previously told... Yes. On show. So this is episode three of the Everything is Fine podcast, and it's our first ever guest spot. Connor, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Matt. Uh, yes, so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself before our, our main topic starts and you start ridiculing us about Star Wars. Um, so I'm interested in many of the same things as Sean and Matt. I also love film. It was once my childhood dream that I gave up on because you have to live in California <laughs> to be successful in it. But I did one at once edit film. That's why I know how to do basic editing, because uh, I took high school courses and such on it. But I, I love movies. I disagree with Matt and Sean greatly, but I love them. <laughs> yes, and uh, if you're curious, uh, Connor was the one that taught Sean and I how to edit our very minimally needed-to-be-edited videos. Nice. True. So so we owe every single bit of our production to him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but even so, uh, we finally have him on the show, and he'll be back for many episodes. And, uh, of course, this is the first of many uh, he'll be here for Star Wars. He'll be here for a couple of specialized topics in the future. Um, and I am waiting for the uh, the long-talked-about D&D spo- uh, spotlight episode. Yes, where so, I will be either absent completely or here but never once speak. Because I'll, <laughs> I'll just let you two go off. But uh, those are far off on the horizon. Tonight we talk about the infamous Star Wars prequels. Yes, we have a full slate tonight. So we're going to be talking about the Star Wars prequels, our varying opinions about them, and varying is a... To, put, to, it, to light, put it lightly. To put it lightly, our opinions vary. And then our very first ever segment of Bloodbath, which is the speed debate uh, segment where Sean and I are going to go head-to-head arguing over various topics that are going to be introduced to us by Connor. Because I love blood. Yes, and he also hates the prequels, mm-hmm. but he likes... So he was naturally the best person to call on for a discussion about the prequels. <laughs> yes, so... we instantly knew that this was the one that he needed to be on first, because... And also, our first two episodes, Sean and I, for the most part, have agreed on most yes. of what we're talking about. so it was about. high time that we tried to kill each other. You needed yes. someone that disagreed with you. True. That's And that's we, we, true. I think the three of us represent the full spectrum of the stances on the prequels. Matt, you love the prequels. Love uh, is a strong word. I've, One that I, you've used. I enjoy um, watching them, though. You, I, enjoy, I, I, you I, enjoy the prequels. Yes, I do Connor enjoy the prequels. hates the prequels. Like I, sand, yeah. And I kind of just, you know, I like them. And I'm just in the middle. I know that they're not great, but I, I like a few of them. So we represent the full end of the spectrum. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Matt just spit out his water at that No, remark. it's because Connor um, said, he, like, Connor doesn't like them, and then he said, like sand. It's like... What? Okay. He's already, in the, he's already in the spirit of yes. tonight. Um, um, but even before oh we get God. into the topic tonight, we've had a very interesting week for pop culture. Um, just a couple hours ago from when we were recording this, uh, Avatar Studios mm-hmm. was announced. So the showrunners behind the work of art that is Avatar The Last Airbender have ditched the Netflix adaptation that was yeah, go- that was good. rumored to be They did that a produced. while ago. Yeah, well, they yeah, ditched that, it a while that, that ago. That was kind of it. They uh, ditched it a while ago, but they came out today and said, hey, Nickelodeon said that we're good to do- tell more stories in the Avatar universe. Prequels, sequels, movies, whatever they want. And I couldn't be more excited. It's- Nickelodeon saw the raw numbers that Netflix is getting off of The Last Airbender and Korra, and they were like, cool, have your own studio. 
Yeah. Yeah, just take it. And it's high time they had it. They're some of the... the, the Avatar is one of the greatest shows to ever come out of Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. It's saying that Avatar Studios will be able to produce content for platforms including Paramount Plus, which is a new streaming service, oh, great. Uh, Nickelodeon, and also third-party platforms and theatrical releases. That's what they're currently... So we're talking like films. We're talking films shows. as well, I believe, which is interesting. I've never been a huge fan of Airbender. I've seen episodes, and I've also seen the finale. I watched most of the last season, but it's never been a show that I love but i i get the gist like i enjoy it you two though i would die oh, love that show i would die for that show so this is much more up your alley so i'm happy for y'all that's that's very yeah. exciting and I'm i definitely really, need I'm to really get excited. i definitely need to get around to watching the whole thing because i know it's on Netflix. it is a work of art that everyone should experience mm-hmm. yeah no i've heard i've heard nothing but good things about it i don't think i've met a single person that doesn't like that show so that's the beauty of it like you, yeah. if you so when you talk about star wars blood is drawn when you talk about mm-hmm. avatar everyone is happy yes well yeah i mean but star wars it's just it's so jumbled and everything mm-hmm. avatar is not yeah and then also uh coming out soon is the new disney movie uh raya and the last dragon i believe is the name of it which connor's very excited about Do you want to tell us why you're they've either tricked me with their marketing or this is going to be one of the best disney films that's ever been made it the animation we know is good, just based yeah. off the trailer, right? Mm-hmm. It was also, it's going to be, uh, I, th- I think that you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's the first film animated at home because of COVID. Uh, so for at least a year of production, it was animated at home. That's based on one YouTube behind the scenes video I watched. Um, it just looks like a a great D&D campaign. You have different And that is part- why we're excited. Yeah, you have like... <laughs> You have different party members, you have a main character that seems interesting, you have a fantasy world, a whole world that they made, with a, a really cool map. If you looked at it, it was like a, uh, the continents were all around, the, the sea is like in the shape of a dragon, right? There's a cool mythology behind it. All of that sounds amazing, and because Disney hasn't come out with many original films in the last decade, I think this could be it. Yeah, I mean, most of their films have been... You know, they made Wreck-It Ralph 2, and then they made a Rapunzel movie, and it's like, that's already based off an original material. They made a Winnie the Pooh mm-hmm. movie. They they did Frozen 2. Right. God, God knows my opinions on that movie, which we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that eventually. Uh, yeah, I believe... Yes, How Ryan the Last Dragon became the first Disney movie made at home. You are correct. That's yes. pretty awesome. Especially yeah. if it turns out to be as good as I am saying. And even if it looked, I mean, it looks as good as it does, and it was an animated at home. It wasn't an animated studio. Yeah. That show On a something. faithful early spring morning, the order came down that Ryan the Last Dragon moved its entire production, which had begun that very same month, to working from home. So that That's level insane. animation quality that you're seeing, from home. That's crazy. Yeah. The Zoom meetings, the amount of, yeah. <laughs> of collaboration. Yeah. That and it looks very good on an animation level, on a story level. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am very excited. I, you, you say it's already the on action track sequences to be are one of your apparently like they're choreographed based on actual southeastern martial arts. Yeah. So, to the to the T, it's that sounds very very interesting. And then also yeah. Pixar released a poster for their new movie. Uh, Luca. I don't know if you saw that. I did not see that. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about the actual plot, but the poster came out, so Pixar's coming out with a new movie, and oh, it's and, another original movie. And Spider-Man got its name. And Spider-Man that. got its real name after a week of getting repeatedly lied to with gag names. That was good. Yeah. Uh, we finally got our official title for the, the, la- the third Marvel Spider-Man movie. It is Spider-Man No Way Home. 
So is that actually the confirmed name? Yeah. Yes. No. I, I had been seeing so many like names. Yeah. That are so just being, I, I had that, a tough time that, keeping. I saw phone home. Like, yeah. Like it's like yeah. an ET crossover. There. I guess that was their way of keeping Tom Holland from spilling it. So, yeah. uh, but no, we got our official real name drop. It is Spider-Man: Far From Home. No, no. no way home. Or no way home. Sorry, that was <laughs> wow. A couple years late, Trump. A couple years late. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> the new the new name is The Dark Knight. I mean, Batman Begins. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm just gonna do that once per episode. Slip up on something. Call back on something. Now, before we get to our main segment, uh, we have a thing now every episode where we ask Sean what is in his cup today. Sean is obviously drinking something every single episode. So, Sean, on this very third episode of Everything is Fine, what is in your cup? I'm drinking slusho this evening. That is glorious. Mm. I'm happy. Uh, Connor and I are drinking water. Good old H2O. What movie is that from, Matt? What movie is water from? Moana. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I was, in a, I was in a Disney mindset. This is the first one, or Finding Nemo, or right. or the cell, or the biography, Shape of, <laughs> Shape of Water. Yes, that's a yeah. That is the uh, based on a true story of uh, the birth of H two O. Okay, but anywho, so today we are here to talk about a very controversial topic, which we will now get into. Now, the prequels, very polarizing films when they first came out. I'm not really old enough to remember the hype. When they came out, because I was born in 1999, and that's when Phantom Menace came out. So I was six when the when the trilogy ended. As an older man, born in 1998, I can <laughs> say that I... Much, old, much older. <laughs> I, I, too, um, I only remember, uh, you know, VHS shopping for these things. Yeah. That was where my hype was, and then, of course, the yeah. toys. I did not see any of them in theaters. My brother really? saw Revenge of the Sith in theaters, but I didn't go because okay. I was five... And I guess and it was it was it was the first PG thirteen Star Wars. So my parents Oof. were like, eh. Oof. "Well, when you're five years old, like, <laughs> yeah, well, there's a there's a bit of a difference. There my is okay. so, no PG when when Revenge of the Sith was uh, PG. Like there, I read many articles were like, "Whoa, like PG thirteen Star Wars. That's nuts because Star Wars always it was a yeah, I, family yeah. friendly franchise in its heyday, and now it's PG thirteen. My cousin actually dark. had to wait till he turned thirteen to watch Episode three. So I it was I spoiled I spoiled the hell out of it for him. It was really mean. It's actually true. Back. Yes. Wow. No, yeah, he had a very strict aunt that was like, you're 13, PG-13. Gotcha. So he he had only experienced episode one and two in the original trilogy, and I just laughed at him every time I saw him, because I was like, oh my god, <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, episode two was the first movie I saw in theaters. Ever. Ever. Wow. Yeah. So I was, that's quite a downer, what, five? Honestly. Was it 2002 it came out? 2002, yeah. 99, so I would have been, been five. I would have been five, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 2002, yeah. Four. Yeah, my, my first exposure to these movies was actually through the first ever Lego Star Wars game. Because <laughs> many people do not, many people forget, the first Lego Star Wars game was not the original trilogy. It was based on the prequels, because those had just come out. Yeah. And then they made the original trilogy games, and then they combined them into the greatest game ever, Lego Star Wars Lego Big Saga. Mm. But my first exposure was in the Lego games, because my brother had it, and we did the co-op mode. So that's how I got into those movies. Um, uh, for me, uh, my dad was a huge fan of them. So he introduced me, like he showed me a couple of them when I was like very young, mm-hmm. and from there, uh, his sister, my aunt, had all the original on VHS. So the few times that we got to see each other, they would be on sometimes. My older cousins from uh, that side of the family were fans of it. So it was just kind of all of us liked it, and then I came along, and then I liked it. So, <laughs> so just gradually being integrated into my life. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of the op- like my my family had no interest in Star Wars. It was just me and my brother. My brother was three years older than me. We were both very into Star Wars, but my parents did not care. My my dad watched it, you know, when he could. Um, 
So I actually, in order, uh, my father failed me. I, I didn't watch the original trilogy first. So I, I, watched, I have failed you, Anakin. Le, le, he I have quite, failed you. He quite literally. Uh, I watched episode one as a kid, and then two, and then at a friend's house, I watched the original trilogy before episode three came out. Ouch. Very weird viewing order. True. I think the first, I definitely watched the original trilogy first. Because I remember, my, my, my mom and my dad are not like huge Star Wars fans, but they enjoy the franchise. They're like the very extreme casual fan. They love Star Wars. Um, so they showed me the original trilogy first. And then I watched the prequels when I was like maybe like seven or eight. And I really didn't get them because let's be real. Those movies, even though they are made for kids, they're not for kids. Not the prequels. No, not, not at not, all. Not the prequels. <laughs> I remember when I first saw them, I saw smatterings of the prequels. Like on TV, they were just on and... My dad said, oh, if you like, like, these one or two just, like, out-of-context scenes, then, like, we should sit down and actually watch them in order. And I was like, oh, so we're going to, like, actually watch, like, one, two, three. I knew there were six of them at the time. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so we're going to watch one, two, three, four, five, six. And he's like, nope. <laughs> I was like, what? So for, like, a six-year-old, I was like, huh? Yeah, but, it, it can be confusing so, if you are just getting into it. So out, like, when he showed me episode four, I was deeply confused. I felt like I was missing stuff. And he's like, no, no, no. You're doing it right. Yeah. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I just... I think that's where my love of complex stuff came from. The fact that I had to begin with four. Oh, yeah, um, that always messed with me. So, that's, that's why I wanted to wait till episode three came out to watch four, five, and six. I'm like, you're going to spoil episode three for yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Episode three was honestly the only one that, ever since I first saw it, I've liked ever like I've liked it since I first saw it. Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, I've grown to appreciate them more, but when I first saw them, I was not a big fan. Uh, quite I the just... opposite. I loved them as a kid. I, I, oh, I remember, yeah. I remember yeah, having I to return the them. first movie's VHS before I even got into Star Wars, but my brother and I were like, those are light-up swords on the front of the picture. Those are yes. the toys we play with. Mm. Let's get to know the toys that we play with. Yeah. Gotcha. And then uh, I watched it on VHS, obsessed with the prequels as a kid. Because wow. obviously they were my first movies. Yeah. And as okay. I've gotten older, I have grown to hate Star Wars. <laughs> well there you have it folks yeah that's the thing, All that's right, the thing. See you guys. to a kid seeing the prequels they're like oh this one's flashy and everything's like bright and the mm-hmm. action happening because if you look at like the flip, different flip. like your the, the original tri- the, the original trilogy was the 80s and we had what the 80s yeah, could yeah, give yeah, us back well, then late 70s, early 80s, but then yeah. you see early 2000s you see the, the CGI oh, starship fights Jar Jar Binks, Jar Jar Binks. Shut up. Uh, you saw all of this like flashy in your face it's Star Wars the droid to come the, the, the Darth Mauls Darth Mauls double bladed lightsaber the movies did a great job of ending with that flash uh-huh. that way as when you left the theater so that little kid like, connor was like that was you leave phantom menace and you're not remembering those 45 minutes where uh-huh. they're on coruscant just sitting and talking that's exactly what rogue one did to adults exactly yeah you end with the darth maul fight and everyone leaves the theater and they're like yeah and then attack of the clones you end it with the geonosis uh battle sequence and then the whole count dooku thing and you're like and then yeah. sith you end with revenge of the, the sith is the only one of the prequels that again i've liked since i first saw it because something a Occasionally happens. <laughs> Why is the bar so low? No, but no. As a as a kid, as a kid, you just want to watch like wow. Like I want to see stuff. the sword fight. Whereas Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones have really long parts of the movie uh-huh. that are just people Attack walking Clon- and talking. Oh my god, Phantom Menace. Well, Phantom Menace has like a thirty-minute sequence about an hour into the movie. Where they're just going back and forth between the Jedi Council, the settle meet, the setting, the Senate meetings, the uh, cha- the Chancellor Palpatine's like little uh, and like little trauma, thing. my brain deleted that. 
Because what little kid Connor <laughs> yeah. remembered was the duel of the fates and none yes. of the rest of the movie. Yeah. And like like and, and I've been a cynic ever since if, I was eight. If you follow the if you follow the plot progression of Phantom Menace by itself, it is the characters are coming up with a plan. The characters are coming up with a plan. The characters enact a plan. The characters come up with a plan. The characters come up with another plan. Inappropriate flirting. The characters come up with a plan. Like that's the movie. And then well, Darth I Maul mean, dies. I mean the negotiations like, the negotiations were short. So. The negotiations were short, Matt. <laughs> but like that's the whole movie. It's well, I guess someone... we're getting into Phantom Menace now. Yeah, we're so we can just it. start. Yeah. The first thing I recommend you do is read, read the the, the crawling titles of the Phantom I'll, Menace. Oh my I'll, I'll god! Pull, I'll, pull, I'll pull up the crawl right now. <laughs> there is something to be said. Now the title crawls of all the Star Wars films are legendary because of the format. But here's the thing. Well, some of them I would, suck. Well, no, I would and... say the prequel crawls, even though they're <laughs> not. Well, no, 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 no. The prequel... I don't want to get into more Star Wars. We're focusing mostly on the prequels. Yes. I would say that the prequel crawls are better Whoa. than the sequels. Uh, uh-uh. Some of them. 100%. No. Sevens Read is it. pretty good. Read it out loud. Seven, yeah, I want, yeah, Sevens is pretty good, but listen, to, listen to Phantom Menace and read it with a straight face. All right, I understand I episode nine. Was if like, you can't, so I'll here, read it. So here is the Phantom Menace opening crawl. <laughs> so bad. Imagine you're... No, no. Put yourself in their shoes. You're a five-year-old boy. Just You've come here paragraph. for the light-up swords. Now, read the intro. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlaw star systems is in dispute. That's the first block. Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the Greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo. It's at this point that your dad who took you to see the movie is snoring. While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, which by the way isn't accurate because nobody wants to paddle on, the Guardians of Peace and Justice in the Galaxy to settle the conflict, dot, dot, dot. And that's where it ends. Uh, now, as a political science major, that's intriguing. As someone that couldn't read as a five-year-old, I'm happy I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because... All you, that stuff did go over my head when I first It's just interviews. taxation? <laughs> separatists? This is for kids! <laughs> what? <laughs> like... But, like, okay, I, I understand your point of, like, it's for kids. And, yes, as a kid, I'll even admit it, I wasn't a huge fan of those parts of the movies, really, at all. No. I was mostly there for the... Darth Maul stuff. Yes. And the mini spurts of action. Even like the pod racing scene I found somewhat intriguing. Bless the, the pod the racing. The pod racing but, scene but, does save that movie. But a little I, bit. I, for I a watched, brief time. I watched these movies because I hadn't seen them in a while. Outside of Sith. Sith I watch every now and then. But really. I hadn't seen one and two in a very long time. So I watched them a couple days ago. And I have to say, Phantom Menace is much more enjoyable than I remember it being. I can't uh, disagree more. <laughs> Sean and I just rewatched them this past year because we introduced his girlfriend to Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> Wait, well, and that that's the revelation that I had that oh my god, all of this is bad. Yes, all Star Wars, all Star Wars is bad in its own right. But, but we love it, that garbage. If you compare so, it to other Star Wars, well, then you could say something's good. He, I've said this about the prequels since Sean and I have found out that we both love Star Wars. I've, I've had this quote, and Sean can can credit me for saying this because I've said this: the prequels. Is it, the prequels are a great story, told very poorly. Right. Yes, and like, it's the opposite. There of the is sequels. something there that is very unique and very interesting mm-hmm. to people that are huge Star Wars fans. The, For the casual I, viewer, maybe not, but the, like the writing is just so bad, not on par. It's with bad. What it's trying to actually say. George but, couldn't write dialogue to save his life. It also was very. It's. I will say this about Phantom Menace, something negative, because obviously they're not perfect films. It does feel and look very dated. 
Mm-hmm. The CGI yes. does not uh, hold up episode at all. Threes hold episode up. three is so three good. Does. With three and does. to be fair, one does not. Uh, and to be fair, though, like episode for 1999, I think it's good. And yeah. I think that was it, it was nominated for um, yeah. visual effects at the it lost to the Matrix because of course of course older yeah. CGI isn't going to hold up very well no, but it did for what it did for the industry well, I, I'm not saying the CGI of like you know how the droids look I'm saying the CGI because most of those oh, like sets Java. that they're most of those sets that they're walking around are not real sets they're yeah. just like blue and green screen those are what I'm talking about because you can tell. Those are green screen sets mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah. They don't look as authentic as they may have. Right. Which is I'm something, not talking about something like the, the sequels did so well is is quite the opposite. With, they, yeah. with both practical effects uh-huh. and right. realistic locations. Yeah. No, I agree with that. It's, again, yeah. The, and again, to go off my quote about the prequels, the sequels are horrible stories mm-hmm. that are told great. Yeah. The production value is incredible on it's those. Quite the the opposite, writing yeah. is very witty. I just think the story, and it, they're very hollow. The but we're not here yeah. to talk about those. Yeah, that's <laughs> in like a month. Yeah. Um, but no, as far as the prequels go, just focusing on Phantom Menace. Phantom mm-hmm. Menace is very interesting on paper because, like, oh, the you see the Republic as the Republic, and maybe the political side of the Republic has some, like, interesting merit to it. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, you wanted to see the flashy lightsaber fight. Listen, as an adult, I don't want to see what happened in the Phantom Menace. <laughs> What's the title of the saga? The Skywalker Saga? No, no. Star Wars. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. We wanted to see war. There's no war in episode it's not, one and two. It's not star well, politics. I, I will even it's say... Star Wars. From what they... I enjoy watching Phantom Menace, but I will say this. I have said many times, I think that episode one should have been around a similar time period of episode two. I feel like Anakin should never have been a boy in these movies. He should have... Yeah. They should have just found him when he was... The age he was in Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Make... Something along those lines, episode one, like Obi-Wan finding him, him getting his training, him meeting Padme, them falling in love, whatever. Make episode two, Clone Wars stuff, and then episode three, keep it the same. Oh, I disagree. I would delete entirely episode one, because in a lot of viewing situations, well, no, people I, recommend yeah, I, that I'm you don't watch that. it at all. Make episode one around the same time as episode two. I would make episode one literally episode two. Yeah. No, not that I'm episode saying. two is good, but then, yeah, episode two being the Clone Wars. Yes, and yeah. then episode and then three, episode, keep it the same. Yeah. yeah. I think the Clone Wars really affects people's view of the prequels, Mm -hmm. which isn't fair. If you cut out the Clone Wars, the prequels are horrible. It shouldn't shouldn't be you have to watch the Clone Wars to enjoy the movie. It it. should be, oh, you enjoy these movies, here's more. It shouldn't be you have to watch this to appreciate it. Yeah. But, but even so, boy, do they help to ki- oh, to, to help move so on to oh my God. to kill the Phantom Menace and move on to Attack of the Clones. Oh, Phantom- oh, oh God, we're just getting started. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this. Phan- Phantom Menace. Well, Phantom Menace is dead. Next. Phantom Menace is dead. Phantom Menace has a couple of good fire. scenes and a couple of good moments. There's some. No, there's no, like. Don't say a couple of good. What are your good scenes, Sean? Explain. It's the duel of the fates because we all know that. Okay. And I like I the like scene it. where Qui Gon meets Anakin and his mom. Okay. The foreshadowing from the, the I like from the Anakin saying of Anakin and his mom. And that Anakin movie. and his mom is actually they a DC, build yeah. they build that up to be a good relationship. That way, when you get to episode two and you kind stuff, of care stuff happens, you actually like you feel it. Yeah. It's great. But even so, like there are some moments I like in the like I like pod racing's fun. Pod racing's fun. Pod racing's That's fun. That's all you can say is it's uh, fun. It has nothing to do. It has with... nothing to do with anything, but it's fun. It's a nice break from politics. They, the fact that they couldn't figure out a way to get money outside of basically putting a boy's slavery on the line and some ex- oh, yeah. extreme yeah. race like what the hell like yeah. that's what you that's but, what you rely on yeah it was bad there were some flaws but it's a fun scene to watch the race um, I like the scene where uh, Qui-Gon meets Anakin and his mom that's like this, the foreshadowing from Anakin saying like there's no way you can kill a Jedi like <laughs> that's some horrible I would even argue I really like the last again going back to like they end on a high note the last like half hour where they intercut between 
Padme and Captain Panaka and all them trying to find the Trade Federation and, and Gunray, and they're cutting back and forth between the Maul fight, and then they're also cutting back and forth between the Gungans fighting the droids, and they're also cutting back between Anakin and, and just trying to destroy the droid ship with the... Try spinning, that's a good trick, like that whole scene. I enjoy how they cut those. It's not like... Yes. It, it doesn't feel... Even though there's a lot of things going on, it never feels like they're getting overwhelmed. Yes. They do a great job editing it's that together. But that's... Uh, what was really bad about that finale is that there were no risks... Like yeah. if you if you watch the, when they're planning the battle and the guy's like, oh, this won't be a problem, they already know. Oh, yeah, this isn't going to be hard because the Trade Federation doesn't have a, a droid army yet; it has a droid battalion. I will say, as much as as much as it is fun to look at the Darth Maul fight, there aren't much. It's fun to not look specs. at, but to listen to, and that is that why too, yeah. the scene yeah. is so good. Yeah. Duel of but the Fates. But I will John say, there Williams, isn't much emotionally going on. John Williams is out here saving these movies. Not at all. Nor, like, nor the only reason you really care about Qui Gon is because he's the only one given lines the whole well, film. Darth Maul is the best character in that movie because he doesn't have to say any lines. Darth Maul. He doesn't have to say any. But Darth Maul is a horrible character in this film because he doesn't have any lines. Yeah. Darth Maul becomes a great character also, off screen. Also, he doesn't have a painted neck. In that scene. There's one it's, scene it's pretty where it's him and Sidious on a balcony discussing their plan, which Sidious doesn't have a plan, but we think he does. But they're discussing the plan and his neck. So can I ask you a question? Because I've been hearing a lot of positives and negatives. Because I've already said that I enjoy the movie. Connor yes. obviously doesn't. What is your opinion on it, mm -hmm. if I may ask? Because I'm hearing, like, you like this, but also you don't like this. I know that it's not the greatest movie ever put to film. I like it. I like. I will sit down and I will watch Phantom Menace with a half smile on my face, because I'm a sucker for Darth Maul, uh, and part of that is because of the Clone Wars, but we can't talk about that here. But I like Darth Maul. I liked his entrance. I thought he was cool, especially as a kid. Uh, I do like a lot of what they tried to do, and because I'm the kind of person who reads the Star Wars books and played all the games, and like I'm, I dive way too deep into Star Wars. I appreciate the idiosyncrasies of star politics. I do know, though, if I turn all of that off and watch it as a film, just a film, it's a god awful film. Do I think it's okay, Star Wars? I think it's a bad film, and that's why I'm okay with what, it. What's the difference there? What's why is it okay, Star Wars? It's okay, Star Wars, because I'm the kind of Star Wars fan that I, like I said, enjoy the extended universe and the extended lore. I so, yeah, and I, I love Star. I if you can show me Star Wars, I'll always accept it with like like going into it. Of this could be really great or it could be really bad, but at the end of the day, it's Star Wars. It's not supposed to be the greatest thing ever put down. Okay. So, because I like those non-magical moments in Star Wars, I, I think that's interesting. And I only like those non-magical moments in Star Wars, like the politics, because of the magical moments in contrast. It shows that not everyone is a force-wielding mm -hmm. badass with a sword. So, I like that take. But yeah. I like that take. That's Phantom a, that's Menace? Take. Like who in Phantom Menace? <laughs> you have to... It's like yeah. These are good points, yeah. and they're presented well in the sequel trilogy. Yes. The prequel trilogy, I'm not seeing. Absolutely. That's the problem. Where well, are the cool non-Force users in the prequel trilogy? That's also the cool problem. non-Force There's users. not many. Because you just said that's a reason you like The Phantom Menace, and there is none. The, well, I'm not saying, like, I'm, t I'm tolling on individuals. I'm saying, like, oh, it's neat to kind of see the Senate try to be a Senate. I like the ideas of, I like, love the way, I love the integration of the politics. I just don't like yeah, the way I don't like the way it was executed. Written. I don't yeah, like I, think, it was I like but the idea cool that he to, had for yeah, it. It's cool to I think love about the tr like the federa the federation and them breaking away from it. That's all cool. Yeah. Yes. That's, However, that's what I'm saying. It was done awfully. Yes. 
because we don't know why the Trade Federation <laughs> yeah, we doesn't never get, want to we be never part of the Republic. Be prepared to take that question to your grave. Right. We'll never know. That's, it's it's very it's why very fair to ask. Why do the separatists exist? What's that? What's the politics behind that? What is the yeah. Republic doing? Are they overreaching? Is it is it tyrannical government, which is literally Palpatine? But yet he's for some reason the separatists are encouraging people to give the Republic more power. That doesn't make sense politically. Yeah, that's fair. So there's so many problems with it. It's a good idea to think about. It's a good idea to think about those politicians being politicians. But it just is executed poorly. So Phantom Menace, final word, at least from my end. Good idea, decent lore, bad execution as a film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, If I were to give it a grade, I would say as a film, it's like a C-. minus. It's a little high. A little high, please. <laughs> but for my, for, if it, on my scale, I would give it a C plus, B minus, maybe. Fair I enough. I enjoy watching it because I enjoy. Honestly, Qui Gon's a really cool character. Yeah, I think he's honestly very underrated because he is only in one movie. He's much cooler in the Clone Wars. They they expand on him. Yeah, Qui Gon is a great character, and I like him and Obi Wan's dynamic far more than I ever liked him and. Anakin's oh, him dynamic. and Obi Wan's dynamic didn't exist. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan? In in episode one. No. They did not interact. Nor did they talk to each other about how they feel ever. Okay, okay. maybe. I Nor did he teach maybe Obi-Wan a single thing. You are going into the Clone Wars. Yeah, you're going into the Clone Wars. Speaking of Clone Wars. That's not what I want to do. Speaking of Clone Wars, <laughs> Attack of the Clones. By the way, just one last thing. I did, I did mention Academy Awards. I want to just clear up stuff. So, uh, Phantom Menace nominated for three Academy Awards. Best Jeez. Sound, Best Visual Effects, and back when there was a Sound Effects Award. All deserving. All deserving. all deserving, 100%. They lost all three. Not that soundtrack. <laughs> what? Not nominated for soundtrack. Not even John Williams could say no, that. No, no, none of the prequels are nominated for score, which is a travesty. Wow, all, but but cool. all the sequels were, which is also a travesty. That's, a, yeah, yeah. that's, that's pretty bad. Basically, all he did was hit. I feel like they, they, made up, they might have felt bad for John Williams. They were all here. Yeah. 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 All right. So, Attack, but Attack of the Clones. Oh. Now, I will say this. Oh boy. Attack of the Clones <laughs> is my least favorite of these it's three movies. See, the Phantom Menace is my least favorite. The difference, and these are both my top bottom two, right? Aren't the prequels your bottom three? Yes, but in, in order too. But um, the reason that I put two above one is because two is enjoyable. is is a fun bad movie to watch because you can make fun of it. In episode one, it's quite literally not enjoyable to even make fun of. It's it's just boring to watch. Whereas in episode two, wacky stuffs happening. You don't know why. It's not explained. The plot makes no sense. No. But it's very fun to watch. The plot is a travesty. There is so what much wrong. Exactly. <laughs> there is so much wrong with the plot. And I, gotta, I gotta pull up the crawl now. Here, Hold on. Here, yeah, pull up the crawl. <laughs> oh, this one's just as bad. This crawl They're is all also bad. bad. I'm not gonna lie. You're, this I'm, crawl I'm is also bad. War. <laughs> War. After you read the crawl for this, though, so. I want to explain a perfect dissection. One scene that exemplifies how bad this movie is as far as plot. There is, read unrest, the there is unrest in the Galactic Senate. Several thousand solar systems have declared their intentions to leave the Republic. Why? That's the first one. Why? This, this separatist movement, under the leadership of the mysterious Count Dooku, even though the Jedi know exactly who he is because he was a former Jedi. But that's, who is the mysterious <laughs> Count Dooku? Has made it difficult for the limited number of Jedi Knights to maintain peace and order in the galaxy. That's the second thing. Senator Amidala, the former Queen of Naboo, is returning to the Galactic Senate to vote on the critical issue of creating an army of the Republic to assist the overwhelmed Jedi. Also, I just want to point something out. Count Dooku is in charge of the Separatists, who want peace, essentially, right? They want to break away from the Can we discuss his Sith name? Darth Tyrannus? Yes. Darth Tyrannus wants peace. 
For the Separatists. Another thing in the crawl that makes no sense, they're overwhelming the Jedi. Yeah. I don't... I don't they're really, not even bothered by really, him! I don't really like, worry about all the stupid Sith... Because literally, Darth Vader got his name by Palpatine going, henceforth, yes. you shall be known as Darth uh, they, Vader. Oh, it was the first day it's that came Palpatine that, yeah. being like, this sounds rad. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't Same make, thing with Darth like, Tyrannus. It was probably just not a big going deal. like, That's yo, super Tyrannus. Cool. The like, and then, cool. And like, then he went on to be the peace guy. Honestly, Count Dooku, like... Again, I'm... Stupid Clone Wars. I keep going back to Clone Wars. He is such a better character in Clone Wars. Yeah, he is, he but is we can't talk movies. about that here. I know we can't. <laughs> in the movies, yes, he's underdeveloped, but yeah. I, but just because it's Christopher Lee, like, it's already well, well, Count Dooku is a bad character. I think he would have been good if he didn't work for Palpatine. If yes, he was genuinely, yeah. I left the Jedi Council because they are blinded mm-hmm. by the dark side. This is something that Ryan Johnson did in Episode Eight. He knew that those Jedi were not Jedi. They were not following their own rules. They were becoming military generals instead of yep. peacekeepers. Guardians of peace and if they made Count Dooku, oh, I want to actually follow that rule. I want to separate because I know Palpatine is secret. No, they just made him a puppet for Palpatine. Yeah. Ruined yeah. his whole character. And he lied to Obi-Wan. But going back to the crawls a while, we don't know why the Separatists separated. We also don't know why the Jedi are overwhelmed by a peaceful separation. Why do they need an army to fight someone who doesn't want to fight? Yeah. Also, I just have a problem with the line thousands of solar systems. Think about that logically. There's huh. one there's one star system that Star Wars takes place one in. Galaxy. One there's galaxy. One galaxy. Thousands of solar systems. Yeah, there's systems. thousands, but like we only know of about 20 planets in Star Wars. In Star Wars. Really? Yeah. That's it. That's I can, it. I, I can name more than 20. There's got to be okay, more. Okay, more than 20, but like I just have a problem with thousands. I mean, it is a little exaggerated. That's just that, way that, too that's much. That's the least of the. That sounds problem. like the you're entire. D- you're digging deep. That, that doesn't sound like a separation. I, I, that I sounds like everyone though, like, turning the on. Separatist movement, though. If Count Dooku is kind of working for the for Palpatine, are they really just doing this as a ploy to start the Clone Wars? Is that really yeah. just Palpatine? Yeah, that's what that's, they, what that's what they is. explain it. So exactly. So yeah. So like, I guess that's but the reason. But like, Palpatine no, 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 funded I, two armies to fight each other. So why he did he elected space president so he could stop his two armies from fighting each other? Why did the Jedi and Senate? think they needed a, a military because no no one was fighting them no the jedi and the, it says the jedi are overwhelmed yeah but it also says that count dooku and the separatists are peaceful yeah so so they're, who's they're, stressed it's not like the jedi are like oh we only have the jedi to fight we need a military to help no they're not fighting yet no, no one's, one's fighting. fighting but like even so like and and, and that just to further actually your point i want like just because we've already talked about so many problems we've not even gotten into the scenes of the movie yet there is yeah what's this scene you're there's this scene at? there's a scene that if you follow the logic of of it paints a perfect example of the movie you're getting into and that is i'm talking about the attempted assassination of pabe amidala <laughs> well, now here's the thing follow me on this folks so First of all, there's a lot of good lines and like yes. mean lines in this. In but this here, scene. here's the thing. He's going over the logic of. This I'm going scene. over the logic of this scene. So, for instance, like we all know that Palpatine, who is you know Palpatine masquerading as a senator, Sheev <laughs> is <laughs> Big Daddy Sheev. Oh, spoilers for the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> Thank you, Connor. But Sheev wants Padme Amidala dead. Why? Because I guess she was going to vote against. A thing he uh-huh. wanted to do. Amidala's like in the way of this big army. Yeah, uh, but this big army that also, he has no argument for. Padme yet. is the best in this movie. Well, because Padme's far. probably like, wait a second, they we have an attack. They don't have an attack. Us. So Padme is aware of the writing issues in the movie and is therefore trying to stop the movie from happening. So Sheev, champion of the writing issues, wants to stop this. So what does Sheev do? Sheev hires Count Dooku. Dooku to kill Padme, but he doesn't want to do it himself. So then Count Dooku 
hires Django Fett, renowned bounty hunter, and we learn is the genetic model for the clones, to go kill Padme. But he doesn't want to do it either. So then he hires his shape-shifting bounty hunter friend. Zam, Zam Wessel, right? Zam Wessel, yeah. who never shape-shifts yes, in the movie, despite we knowing, like, we're knowing that she's a shape-shifter. Basic writing class would say don't put anything in there that doesn't need to. Yes. So he hires his shape-shifting friend, Zam, to kill Padme. But she doesn't want to kill her. But she doesn't want to do it either. So So she then sends a robot to go to her apartment, I guess, in the town. The robot doesn't want to do it. The robot doesn't want to do it. With a gigantic-ass window, by the way. Oh, with the blinds open. It's begging to be open. She she has no defenses. And meanwhile, Anakin and Obi-Wan are in the other room, and Anakin's talking about how he dreams of Padme. In one of the worst written... As you do. Yeah, in one of the worst exchanges of dialogue ever. But he... Set, like they're brooding in the other room the robot goes up to the window but the robot doesn't want to go in and do it itself so it cuts a hole in the window and sends two centipede looking things into the room to go kill Padme so what happens Anakin and Obi-Wan with the force and the fact that R2-D2 screams it's literally just Anakin turns his head and Obi-Wan goes I sense it too yes and, and R2-D2 <laughs> screams as he kicks on but they run into the bedroom <laughs> Anakin nearly takes Padme's head off, which he would then be sent by the bugs to kill Padme, but he doesn't. He misses. He kills the bugs. And Anakin, who just talked about how obsessed he is with this woman and would do anything for her, goes and leans down to make sure she's all right. And what does our level-headed master Obi-Wan Kenobi do? He dolphin dives out the window, grabs onto a robot the size of the football, and then flies through Republic City, dangling by his fingertips... And is freaked out, and then the orb gets shot out from underneath of him. Anakin saves his butt by flying under him with a car. Obi-Wan says, I hate flying. And then what does Anakin do? The exact same thing that Obi-Wan just did. But Obi-Wan gets upset at him. Yes, he dolphin dives out of the car, and then he looks into the camera and says, My apprentice sucks. So this is between two and and one. Episode one had no, the characters had no characteristics, right? You can't differentiate Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Because there is no, uh, you know, they don't have personalities. The same critique you might have for a, a movie like Batman versus Superman or Cars 2, you have to hold true and acknowledge that the, the characters in the prequels, or in episode 1, didn't have characteristics, right? They're not differentiated. In episode 2, I think George Lucas was like, let's make them fun. So, like, Obi-Wan doesn't like flying. That's really cool. Like, Anakin's really, like, brash. Even though Obi Wan also jumps out a window, so it doesn't. And then gets mad so about they, Anakin. They doing have it later. characteristics, but they're 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 not consistent. But you're getting there. We'll get there in episode three. Don't worry, George is learning as he goes. Yes. But Slowly. that whole that whole convoluted chain of events of hire this person to hire this person. Minutes of the movie, yeah, that's the way. first fifteen minutes of the movie. Oh, I mean, and, and then later when the shapeshifter gets away into a crowded area, Django shoots her from like no, thousands no, of yards away. She doesn't shapeshift to hide. No. There no. is no reason for her to be a shapeshifter. And then instead of Django going to kill Padme while she's unguarded, mm-hmm. he kills the assassin he sent. Instead. Yeah, that way the assassin couldn't divulge the <laughs> super secret list of command of who hired Padme who. Padme had no guards left. They both left. She had maybe yeah. a handmaid and what's no, she not, gonna do? I'm not trying to defend... This movie's not good. Oh, you said it was your least favorite. I, I still think episode one is worse but like, than this. even so, no. that's just the first couple minutes of the movie and I promise we're gonna go fast. Personally, I think like, Attack of the Clones is... It's my least favorite because so much of the movie is built around Anakin and Padme's relationship. Yes. And the whole movie makes that relationship feel so stale, so yes. forced. The dialogue is awful. Yeah. 
Like it, I, I know, I, 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 we can't say anything new. Yeah, about can. the dialogue in this death. movie, it's been beaten to death. But I really just want to reiterate how bad this romantic dialogue. Like when Anakin's like, "You're in my very soul. You torment me," and and that's Padme's not like, I mean, what that's you say, say to someone you George love. I truly, great with the ladies. I, I mean, truly deeply love you because that's what people say to each other. That's what George yeah. says to yeah. his wife. Yeah, he's, hey, yeah. Hey, babe, I truly deeply love you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, slower. Than you me. aren't There's gonna also hit, the, the, the sand line. You aren't gonna the, pick someone up by talking about how much you hate sand. I'm sorry, dude. Uh, like, also, yeah, big genius Palpatine, right? The big genius guy, right? He, he wants, who can see the future. He wants uh, Padme dead, mm-hmm. right? Which would just make Anakin a good guy for the rest of the saga. Yeah, that's just part of his plan. And then, he, and then the bounty hunters just stop trying because they're dating, I guess. <laughs> yeah, bounty hunters stop. So I guess it's because Palpatine wants her to get with Anakin so they can turn bad, right? Yeah, exactly. No, because then she's being put to death in the arena later. So his his pl- his big evil yeah. plan, there's no plan. Like does he want her dead or not? Does does he want Anakin to go to the dark side? We don't know. Meanwhile, Obi Wan talks and fights Jango Fett. Knows that the clones are made by knows that Jango Fett works for Count Dooku. But he forgets by the episode three, so it's fine. Yeah. The Clone Wars happens because Obi Wan. He forgot. never puts together the information that Jango Fett works for Dooku if. <laughs> But he works if he's working for Dooku, and we're getting this clone army. But he's the basis for the clone army. Oh no, the clone army is is, is a lie, and but it's being worry, paid guys. for by Dooku, and we're we're gonna get turned on a couple decades in the future. I have to tell someone, and then he forgets. But don't worry, Disney ruined Star Wars, guys. No, <laughs> God. But no, like okay, no, Disney did not ruin Star Wars. In fact, Disney's helping Star Wars. I just think that they screwed up the movies. Well, everyone screwed up because Many Star people Wars would movies. disagree because with you. Everyone well, no, no, screwed no, no, up no, the Star Wars movies. Here's the thing about the prequels. Yes, it's a, it's a great story told poorly, but at least there was consistency within the movies. Say what you will about it. What? Each of the movies... We can't talk about those yet, though. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> each of the movies, it feels like they were made by the same person. Oh, the, yes, with, for sure it with, does. With <laughs> one consistent vision of what needs to happen from point A to point B to point C all the way through point Z. The Disney yeah, Anakin movies, has to turn bad. The Disney movies are insanely like sporadic, disjointed. And convoluted, and disjointed. That's my whole big thing. I like oh, movies yeah, I that have disagree. one continuous vision of one person trying to tell a story for that has a beginning, middle, and end. Not people trying to figure it out as they go. Yes, a beginning, middle, and end. Though I mean, can you really say that the three movies are the beginning, middle, and end? Most of, of the, the prequels. Yes. Of Anakin's rise and fall, it's not divided by thirds. I can tell you, it's that. really well, it's not. It's not divided by thirds, but there's a he doesn't even rise. A clear end. It, like, if when we get into the Revenge of the Sith, I mean, they have to rush so hard at making you think that Obi Wan and Anakin are friends. Well, the original cut of that movie was four hours long. Uh huh. Because in Episode One and Two, they did nothing for these characters. You only see Anakin as a villainous murderer. You do not see him as a good guy or a questionable child. Yeah, you you don't see Anakin good at all because you see all good Anakin in, yeah. in the Clone Wars. And then you and yeah, a good Anakin is in the Clone Wars, but in the movies you see him as a kind of right. spoiled brat. In Episode at Two, times. he's a piece of garbage person. And, and then he yeah, in Episode Two, he murders an entire village of sand people. Granted, they killed his mom, but like hey, they were animals, and he slaughtered them like animals. Jesus. But not just the men, the women and the children too. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Padme's like, and then Padme, Padme just stares at him. Yeah. And then in fine. episode three, she's so surprised that he killed younglings when he what? literally just killed children he, in the I, last movie. He, he couldn't have done this. You're yeah. breaking my heart. Except for that one time. 
Except for that one time when he literally told you he yeah. murdered that an one entire time, village. But it was okay because they were Tusken Raiders. So. But yeah, episode three was like as rushed as episode nine. Mostly because, just like the sequels, things weren't done well enough to set up for a finale. So uh, Anakin had no relationship with Palpatine, but you were you were, you were were forced to believe that they have. Anakin had no relationship with Obi-Wan because all of episode two, they're separated. And when they're together in the beginning, he's just like... Or, no, 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 not when they're together. When he's with Padme, he's just like, Obi-Wan is, is a piece of shit. Like, that's it. That's what he <laughs> thinks of his, his best... You're my brother. Oh my, I hate my brother, but, like, not that much. You know what I mean? <laughs> in episode three, you're, in the beginning, you're, like, tricked into... Oh, these guys are, like, really good friends. But then you watch episode one, where they don't interact. And episode two... Where they don't, where they don't interact. Well, yeah, that, that's my thing. If, if they really wanted to sell the relationship with Obi-Wan and Anakin, they should have just had Obi-Wan be the one who finds Anakin. Uh-huh. Because the fact that Qui-Gon found Anakin, and then Obi-Wan's just kind of forced into training him, I will admit, that's not that good. Right. That's yeah. kind of terrible. Well, Qui-Gon was supposed to be his father figure, you know? Yeah. But, even, like, it's, it's just... I like... Personally, Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars movie besides the original trilogy. And that is, and here, one hundred percent. Read the crawl. No. Read the crawl to uh, to Episode Three. War. <laughs> I will That's say it. though, it's I, better I, than the Dead Speak, but we're and, not there yet. And it's well placed, <laughs> but I will say this: this is where the fun begins. In a way, this is where the fun begins. Totally disagree here. No, well, I'm talking about the opening Revenge sequence. Revenge of the Sith is probably, I think, my I guess it's my fourth favorite. So. Revenge of the Sith's opening right, sequence go. is fantastic. War. The Republic is crumbling under attacks by the ruthless Sith Lord Count Dooku. There are heroes on both sides. Evil is everywhere. In a stunning move, the fiendish droid leader, General Grievous, has swept into the Republic capital and kidnapped Chancellor Palpatine, leader of the Galactic Senate. As the Separatist droid army attempts to flee the besieged capital with their valuable hostage, two Jedi Knights lead a desperate mission to rescue the captive Chancellor. That would have been the best intro to a Star Wars episode ever. It's the cartoon Clone Wars. That's what they're talking about. If that yeah. was the beginning of the movie, that's a great beginning of a movie. That you cut out probably the coolest action sequence. Yeah. Of the of the of Palpatine being captured, and which would have continued into what happens in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. Instead, like they like like an episode. But you nine, have to admit they the, cut the, out the beginning like half hour. Of the beginning half hour of Revenge of the Sith. Oh yeah, it's still the fantastic. Best it could have been better if they included when Palpatine was so, captured. So, so why it's so fun. why do you hate Revenge of the Sith? If I may. Uh, I don't uh, hate Revenge of the Sith is considerably better than one and two. However, it's considerably worse than the rest of Star Wars. And why? Uh, because it, it it still is at fault uh, of all the things that one and two are at fault of. It's just slightly better, right? The effects are a little better. The dialogue is still just as bad as one and two. Uh, the writing, the the pacing is god awful. It's worse than nines because they both suffer from the same thing. Like I said, they're both being rushed to make up for bad movies before them. Episode three is good to us because the soundtrack's great, right? It's also nostalgia, so it's they have cool twirly fights. Would I say that they're good fights? No, they're they're fantastical, right? I enjoy the emotional payoff of that movie, though. I don't, I, that, again, I, because we haven't developed any relationships yet, so I don't have an emotional bond with these characters. See, I disagree, though. Uh, when Luke and Vader fought in Episode well, Six, of course that is an emotional bond. Well, of course that's better. Even to the... Uh, uh, I feel more of a connection based off of where I know that this will eventually end up than where we were before this, though. I like, will say that. I feel more weight about Obi-Wan versus Anakin at the end. I don't feel the weight of... Wow, I've seen these characters grow. I will admit, that's a little weaker. I care more about, wow, 
this is Vader versus Obi-Wan, and it's going to lead into so much of the next movie. That's what I feel, care about more with the end of this. Of the, the, the effects movies. that it has of the original Yes, trilogy. of like, where, like, wow, we're at this moment. This is such a pivotal moment But it moment also does so many Wars. things horribly. Uh, we, we haven't mentioned yet uh, the actual character butchery, and that was not Luke in the sequels. It was Yoda in the prequels. <laughs> there has not been a worse destruction of character ever because episode 5 Yoda one of the best Star Wars characters yeah and episode 5 is my favorite Star Wars character now what's he like in the prequels Uh, okay here's Anakin he's a young boy he doesn't have a father if we train him he won't you know he's obviously very powerful in the force Yoda says go home I feel fear in you go home that's it Yoda Yoda in episode 2 fire on that ship no Yoda in episode (laughs) 2 I'm going to do triple flips and lightsaber fight a guy. Yoda in episode 3, the only solution to a problem is violence. Yoda in episode 3, Obi-Wan saying, please don't make me kill Anakin. Yoda being like, You gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do it anyway. It's the only way. Because violence is the only solution. And then... Luke in episode (laughs) 8, quite the opposite. Yes. And then there's the whole speech he gives, where it's just like, it's just like, like... The Force is an energy field. It's a wonderful thing. Like He explains <laughs> why like wisdom in the Force is so important. Why do we agree to have Connor on this show? Yoda. The, the Force he's right. is in all of us. Also Yoda. It's not that he's right, because I disagree with him, but he's, his, his, his arguments are fantastic. Yes. You have to agree that they butchered Yoda's yeah. character. No, I, I don't no, need no. to see the small lightsaber. Considering how much I love Yoda, because Yoda is a fantastic my favorite star in episode 5. The classical master. Metaphor. He is my favorite, and I, if we ever argue best Star Wars acting performance, I will fight to the ends of the earth to oh, defend yeah. that it's Frank Oz Damn. in Empire Strikes Back. Yoda in episode 8. A fantastic Yoda. Yes. Yes. He's not Literally, showing yes. up and being like, Luke, the only thing you can do is kill Kylo Ren. No. Because that's what episode three Yoda was he saying. He literally burns down the sacred tree and he's like, get out. <laughs> he's like, it's not about the textbooks, being... it's about the message. Hey, I used to know this no, no, no. real... Yoda, Yoda does suck, I agree, mm-hmm. in, I used, in the prequels. I used to know oh, this real jerk, his name was Mace is, Windu. At least he's, obviously he's in the movie, but like he's very much a supporting character in those movies. Uh-huh. I would have yes. rather had him not be there than do what he did. Long live Muppet Yoda. Like, well, he was a Muppet in fan. Oh, and then the end of episode well, three, because yeah. for some reason Lucas had to tie up all ends, even though there's a 20 year gap. I disagree. That's something else. Yoda I said, don't... I failed once. I'm going into hiding. <laughs> he didn't even fail. He just got thrown down right. an air shaft. He's not like, Obi-Wan and I will try again for the next 20. No. Fuck it. I Sorry, fell. Jedi. You're all gone. Uh, I fell out of melee range. I guess I gotta go with that. Have exile. fun with a tyrannical emperor. I'm not trying anymore. I give up. There's a baby. I'm gonna go hunt me some older. swamp rats on right. Dagobah. Well, we hope you are enjoying this episode of Everything Is Fine. We're just gonna call this one. Matt gets his opinion shattered. Yep. No, 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 no. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> this is bloodbath. No. <gasps> we're almost there. We're almost, almost there. there. Yes, we're gonna. But yeah, soon. essentially um, though, like if, even if you look at the three, let's, let's, make, our, let's make our closing statements. Yeah, we've made it through these. <laughs> we've made the it through all. I, we could get into. This could be a three-hour episode if we wanted to. And we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. We already went way. We already have. We said to ourselves. We're gonna make these episodes about an hour and a half tops, but we'll keep it somewhere between an hour and then, and then the last two episodes we've done that. Yeah. So, so hmm. closing statements on our opinions about these films, and then we'll get into bloodbath, which I'm super excited about. Yes. So go, so Sean, I guess. You're <laughs> closing statement: The Star Wars prequels are bad, but they're good bad. You know what I mean? Like you can sit down, you can and laugh at them and enjoy it, and enjoy them in various ways. Us like lore loving nerds are gonna sit down and say Phantom Menace is okay. 
And us nut jobs who like the Clone Wars are going to say 2 is okay. And then us who really, really love the Vader-Obi-Wan dynamic are going to say 3 is okay. Are they good films? No, probably not. I mean, most people can say that. Do they have wonderful moments of, I can laugh at this and I can make memes about it to the day I die? Absolutely. And that's what makes them the prequels we know and love and hate. They're not good, but we laugh at them, and that's okay. I'm just going to double down right here. Uh, okay, so the prequels. I somewhat agree with everything you said. <laughs> I enjoy but... I enjoy these movies. I've recently watched them. I watched uh, them both over the span of three nights, so I experienced them in a very condensed form. I think it was actually one of the first times I've ever actually watched them so close in succession. And upon rewatch, as an adult, I have now grown to really appreciate these movies. Considering that I don't like what we've recently got. I think that these movies are very, very great at telling a story that is new. If it would have just been another fun space adventure with not really, like, that much going on outside. Because, like, let's be real, the world building in the original trilogy is there, but the prequels extended it so much. There is so much more world building and so much more lore given to the prequels, in my opinion. Now, you could say whether it's good or bad, but I think that there's much more of an effort to expand the universe. Really, the originals, they kind of just added a planet every movie. That was really most of what they did, and maybe like they referenced something. I appreciate the world building that these prequels did. I appreciate the overarching story. I love Revenge of the Sith. I love where it ends up. I think Revenge of the Sith is the best Star Wars movie besides the original trilogy. I think those three are still my favorite. I enjoy the rise and fall of this character, and I like what they were going for. Was, was the dialogue great? No. There are some really, really cringeworthy lines. But what the story was, what was underneath it all, is something that I think really, really stands as a great story and great Star Wars. Are they great movies? Maybe not. Effects don't hold up. Dialogue's not great. I agree. But the Star Wars lore and the Star Wars story it's trying to tell is honestly one of the best out there. Listen, good Yoda said do or do not. There is no try. And George Lucas tried. He did not do. The prequel trilogy quite literally harmed Star Wars for me. If I have someone new, aka like Sean's girlfriend, watch Star Wars, I recommend the original trilogy well, yeah. and then the sequel trilogy. And you do not need to watch the prequels. It doesn't only take away the magic from Darth Vader. Now, now you once saw him as this menacing, powerful, perhaps forgetting of his of the goodness inside of him great villain like one of the best villains of all time and then watching him be him in episode two and three uh, watching his fall happen within five seconds watching this fake relationship he had with obi-wan uh, i love what the prequels did for the extended year i love the clone wars i love all the books that came out with it all the video games the prequels did add a lot it's just that when you're talking about those movies, you have to separate them from what they led to create. As individual movies, they were, they were horrible. And I would not recommend watching them until you've watched the rest of Star Wars. If you like Star Wars, then watch the prequels. And if you have fun watching them, that's, that's fine. I just disagree with you. And now that we all sufficiently hate each other, let's make it worse. Because 
this is now, I'd like to say, the beginning, the proud debut of me and Matt attempting to kill each other alive on air. Yes. Or, as we've called it, Bloodbath. Blood so, Bloodbath is going to be a speed debate kind of thing, yeah. where Sean and I are going to be uh, defending our opinions on various questions that Connor will be asking us. Connor has seven questions here for us. Seven questions that he came up with, by Yes, and we, d we have not heard these questions, so we are going to be reacting to these in real time. We're going to be coming with our own answers on the fly, having to defend them on the fly. Yes. And Connor has seven questions. He's not. We're not going to pick a, cer uh, a winner per question. That's going to mostly be up to you guys. We're going to ask... Uh, we're yes. Gonna put up some polls and we're see just here to draw blood. We we're just here to have fun and let you guys know our opinions and... Scream at each other. Yep. So Connor, so if Connor, you want to explain <clears throat> what your role in this will be, and then so I've made seven questions, uh, and, and if we ever do, you know, bloodbath in the future, I'll have seven questions for whatever topic that episode was about. Right now, this is these are seven questions for the prequel trilogy, in which I'll ask a question, randomly pick one of them to answer first because I think it'll be funny to put them on the spot with these questions. Okay. Some of them are serious, right? Some of them are. Uh, bigger in scope and some of them are, are simple fast answers and some of them are kind of just funny um but most importantly all of them should get e them to disagree at least that's my goal <laughs> i uh, see your grimace general i'm not so I'm, scared i'm not I'm timing so them but uh we're trying to keep it to, to 30 seconds give yeah, me your yeah. answer and try to prove your point and then the other person gets to uh Tell you why you're wrong. I'm so, so nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. To begin, I'm well, ready. because you're nervous, I'll give you the first question, Matt. Damn you. <laughs> Recast one prequel actor with an actor of your choice. I have to start with this. Yep. Shit. A character's a character, and then an actor, and and what actor you would replace them with? Oh my god. <laughs> Dude. I would recast Jake Lloyd in Phantom Menace with Haley Joel Osment. What are those characters? What character? Who, who's Jake Lloyd? Who did Jake Lloyd play? Young Anakin. I'd replace him with Haley Joel Osment from The Sixth Sense because Ooh. he has already been proven to be a phenomenal actor. He was nominated for Academy Award. He was also in AI, a science fiction movie, right <laughs> after that. He would bring a much more level-headedness to Anakin. He's already played the scared kid who's, like, really, really nervous and, like, unsure of his place in life. What if he played Anakin, who has suddenly appeared with, with this Jedi Knight in front of him? He'd play that part so great, and he's already a great actor. He's not just a kid actor. He's a great actor. He would bring a lot more to that role than Jake Lloyd ever did. Jake Lloyd just came across as really whiny mm -hmm. and complaining and didn't feel like a yes, young but Darth now Vader. this is pod racing. I mean, you can't replace that Yes, line. and I'm sticking with the script. I'm not going to say recast <laughs> young Anakin with a, a boy, because if it is ten years before Phantom Menace, mm -hmm. he needs to be a boy. Yeah. So make him Haley Joel Osment from The Sixth Sense. Mm -hmm. That's my pick. All right, Sean? Man, that's a tough one, because inst like, uh, instantaneously, I I'm not even going to lie, my mind went to Haley Joel Osment for young Anakin. Really? And I heard you start talking, and I was like, oh, no. I want blood. Give me something else. I really don't have anything bad. Like, honestly, just like, and this is more just like, because I would love to see it. Um, I like the, the play on the, like, the Jedi Masters. We don't see enough of them. However, I would very much like to see, an, and he was arguably one of the best actors in The Phantom Menace, and I love me some Liam Neeson, but part of me would love to see Qui-Gon as, uh, Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Think of that! I'm not going for a good choice here. I'm going for a comedic choice. No! Think of that! Because think of it. Imagine that scene. Imagine the the the. I'm not and I'm not talking James Bond, Sean Connery. I'm talking Indiana Jones, Sean Connery. Yeah. Imagine you could or or even Lawrence of Arabia, Sean Connery. You can see him being this mystical kind of like man in the desert. He's. I mean, that's where we're at. 
I 100% love the idea of seeing Sean Connery give the same speeches, and I feel like he could he's the kind of actor who would bring something out of everyone. I mean, look at how he did in Indiana Jones. He was able to bounce chemistry off of anyone, anywhere, or look at any of his movies. It's James Bond. He was a suave super spy. He'd be kind of old. He'd be kind of old, yes, but that's what Qui-Gon needed to be. Qui-Gon was probably like a dad in his 50s. Qui-Gon would have probably been a little bit better played as a slightly older Jedi, and... Sean Connery, as an actor, is someone that everyone loved working with back in the day. I guarantee you that anyone who was on the set with him would have had actual decent dialogue with him because Matt, it's any, Sean Connery. Any, uh, he could bring that response? out of people. I think your choice is interesting. I'd, I'd, I'd be, I'm intrigued to see that, but here's why I think mine's better. In defense, I did have to recover because you actually had the same thought as me. Here's why I think mine's better. So, Liam Neeson, first of all, the chemistry... Your, your argument is like, oh, you'd have better, much better chemistry. What chemistry is there to be? Qui-Gon is not with Obi-Wan throughout the entire film. I mean, there's yeah. no chemistry in the whole movie. Like, like, there's it, no chemistry like, in the whole We're movie. not saying rewrite the movie. We're saying recast the movie. So with how the script is written, Qui-Gon, the whole, cat, whole chemistry argument you made, that's not really like... No, I know. What... It's why I think like Sean Connery he can't would be fix the dialogue, <laughs> but like he I can't don't know. Fix the Liam Neeson was fine for what he needed to be as Qui-Gon. I don't think that that would really like improve the movie. Here. I just think it add another spin to it. We'll compromise at Sean Bean because it would be funny. Haley it would be Osmond funny. It would, would be very actually funny. improve the movie. He would and you're Watching right. Watching Sean Bean die again. And honestly me, like I just had to recover very strong because I'm surprised that we had a We both went to the same Well because here's the thing I hate a child actor. I'm gonna say it. I hate child actors, but Haley Joel Osmond one of those child actors that sticks I, with me. The first one that came to my mind was Macaulay Culkin, and I stopped myself. <laughs> All, right. All right, next question. And now this is going to relate to episode one of your podcast. Oh, boy. What's oh. the best song from the prequel soundtrack, Sean? <clears throat> oh, oh, he has to go Duel first. The, it's Duel of Fates. So, Duel of the Fates, okay. that fast. Do you have any explanation for... I mean, listen to it. It's Duel of the Fates. There's a reason that people called for it to be the name of episode nine. Duel of the Fates, that statement by itself, not even the song, the statement by itself is that dichotomy, good and evil, uh, like the dark side and the light clashing against each other. Yeah. And we saw the first actual clash in canon timeline of light and dark clash between Qui-Gon and Maul, and then seconds later, Obi-Wan and Maul. Mm -hmm. And yes, I know we couldn't talk about the Clone Wars, but if you watch the Clone Wars and think about Duel of the Fates and what it means, and Obi-Wan and Maul's arc in that... And the fact that Duel of the Fates is a thought in our minds so far after the movie. That movie was garbage, folks, but we have it in our brains to this day. There's a reason for that. All right, Matt. Across the Stars, Anakin of Padme's love theme. Ooh. Because, oh, nice choice. Because the, the only reason their romance works is because of that music. The dialogue is garbage. The Darth Maul fight is well choreographed. It would have worked with any music. Duel of the Fates just, it, it, it just lifts it up a couple of levels. So I, so I could fix that. Across the Stars... <laughs> Literally, the scene where Anakin and Padme share their kiss and they're brought into the Geonosis, and that theme is absolutely pounding. It is so impactful, even though it's not supposed to be impactful. That shot that, into the arena? Yes! That shot of the arena is it gorgeous. makes me want to lean over and kiss It actually makes you think these characters actually love each other, even though the dialogue is terrible. <laughs> There's no clues. This song is so beautiful as well. It's so brilliantly orchestrated. It's really the only, like... Besides, like, Han and Leia's love theme, I guess, is the only really, like, true love theme and true, like, somber theme for the prequels. Most of the prequels have these really loud and bombastic sort. This is so different, and it stands out. Rebuttal? Uh, I mean, they're both good choices. They both stand on their own. You, we definitely approached it from different sides. I spoke definitely on how the impact of it stretched beyond the movie, but you definitely talked about fixing a movie, and John Williams was there to fix those movies. So I think I think that we bef do both definitely have good no, points, are, but they, good, they can't picks. clash, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. 
Alright, uh, time to have some fun. Uh, I did ask you this before one time, and I had to include it. Oh, no. Matt, hook up Jar Jar with another Star Wars character in the universe. <laughs> Can it be from any movie? Does it have to any Star Wars fans? movie? <laughs> oh, shit. Um, oh, and I have to answer first. Uh huh. And I have to defend why. Who would you play across the stars with Jar Jar and who, as they go into the arena? Oh my god! <laughs> I would feel terrible forever. I say because you have to be paired with Jar Jar. <laughs> shit. Uh. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna say the. I'm gonna say the same answer I told you. Uh, Bib Fortuna, <laughs> Java's bodyguard, Darn. because he is a guy who just really has zero characterization. He seems very quiet, very sheltered. He's just waiting for that partner to bring him yes. out. He's one of those characters where I'd love to know more about him. How did he get into Jabba's, uh, how did he become this like uh, servant? How did he get that job in the palace? What's his backstory? What's his like species? Jar Jar would be able to make him much more social, bring out the good in him, mm. and make sure and like you know to compliment the, the balance in the yeah. force. Yes. Yeah, and plus right, I could I could see them hooking up. Right, Sean, Babu Frick. That's, that's I like that. <laughs> they they both have such a way with words. Uh, I mean, think of it. Jar Jar is fascinated by the little things in life, and what is Babu Frick? The little thing in life. <laughs> He's good with computers. He's a whiz with tech. And look at Jar Jar, who can't do anything right. That man can teach him some vital life skills. He's there. He's there to make that home a functional home. That little alien. He can do it all. He oh can fix God. your computer. Jar Jar wrap he his tongue build... around Babu's whole body. Now that's a whole separate <laughs> argument, and uh, that's crossing the PG thirteen rating. Any um, um, any rebuttal from you, Matt? An interesting pick. Um, it's about it's about the heart. It's about the it's about the heart. <laughs> I, I really don't. Know. This <laughs> Sean's only seeing this physicality. So you wanted to drag weird. something out of another character. I said, what can enhance Jar Jar? Not how can Jar Jar enhance someone else? What can enhance Jar Jar? Jar Jar is way too beyond fixing life, I guess. No, no, no. I think Babu Frick can do it. Teach him some life skills. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Next question for you, Sean. Swap the titles of a prequel film with any other Star Wars film. Swap the title of a prequel film with us. Ooh. Both films swap titles. <clears throat> you have to argue the other one, too? That's interesting. Huh? Or just well, no, no, no. Just argue the prequel one. But yeah, prequel. you have to make, it, make so, sense for both, yes. I'm taking a title from any of the other movies, mm -hmm. and I can't swap prequel titles... Uh, no, from well, yeah, so, from any other Star Wars so, film. Yeah. So any prequel film oh, can start with any. I have one. I hope you don't take it. Oh, that's interesting. I um, have one. Shit, don't take it, please. That's really tough because they all. That's really tough, actually. Can I answer if he doesn't have an answer? Because I have one. No, no. I have Damn to. I, he said me. We have Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, don't and Revenge of the Sith. Don't say it. Don't say it. New Hope. A New Hope. Empire Strikes Back. I'm just really only naming them because I honestly can't do We got this. him on the spot. We folks. got me on the spot. I oh. have an answer. I just hope you don't say it. Would you like Matt to go first? Sure, go ahead. All first. right, go ahead. I would swap Phantom Menace and Rise of Skywalker because Rise of Skywalker, you introduced yourself to Anakin. It's the Rise of Skywalker. It's the first time a Skywalker's ever introduced. You see that he's force sensitive. Phantom Menace, Palpatine is literally coming back from the dead. Bravo. Now, Sean. I would swap Revenge of the Sith with Last Jedi. And think of it like this. We have... No, no, no. I know that's a terrible pick, but... Now, that means The Last Jedi is getting Revenge of the Sith's name. Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. The Ren... Like, I know that, like, that on that side, the transfer for the sequel film might be a bit weaker, but think of The Last Jedi as a name for three. We have technically one Jedi left who actually still practices, because Yoda quit and went into exile. Uh, all the other Jedi are dead, because Order 66, or at least most of them, the ones that the main movies are going to follow. We have Obi-Wan left. Granted, not the best pick. For a Jedi. 
but he's the last one. And it shows, it's almost left in a bigger wake because we had a Jedi betray the Jedi. We had Anakin stop being a Jedi so the Jedi are evil and become a Sith. Obi-Wan truly is the last Jedi in that moment. Yoda's left him. All the others are dead. right? Almost rightfully so for some of them. And I get it. The sequel transfer might be a little bit bad, but there's one Jedi left. And even if you don't want to call it Obi-Wan, it's the birth of Luke at the very end of the movie. All right. Enough. Next question, I'm going to start with Sean again because I did the other funny one with Matt first. Sean, this is it. This or that question. Who is hotter in episode three? Anakin or Obi-Wan? <sighs> Obi-Wan. That beard, man. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said about a man with a nice beard. And I'm sorry, but that's that's the man I'd let take me out on in public city at night. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, who's hotter between Anakin and Obi-Wan in episode it's three? It's 100% Anakin. No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Have you seen that haircut? I want a man who you can tell... That they've been through some shit. That's a soundbite right there. All right? I want a man you can tell. He's got a scar. He's got an arm cut off. You can tell that this guy is a warrior and that this guy is going to make sure that you're taken care of. He's too busy Obi crying about his ex-girlfriend, Plus, Anakin, that hair, the the way he's able to fight with his lightsaber, the way that he's able to give that, like, those smoldering eyes, like, ooh. It's, spi it's you mean spice those, versus nice. You mean those, oh, yeah. you mean those bloodshot I yellow would, rings he's got? Obi-Wan is... A nice guy. Yeah, he's the guy you want to take up. We're talking hot. At least Anakin is hot. He is, at least. He's, right, def Sean, he's definitely hot. But He's definitely hot, but at least I can go on walks with my man. Uh, I can go on walks with my man. Jesus. Uh, and, and hey, look. You can take, her, there's you can take way, him home. Can I can take him home. God. There's way too much anger in that man. What What the hell is that haircut? There, there's too much baggage there. Plus, he's too busy crying over Padme. He's not gonna. He's gonna have no time for you. You're the crutch in that relationship. We're just talking about who's hotter. You're not talking about taking him out on a date. Well, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I'm saying Obi Wan. Look at this man. He did, he has that fresh face. It's well groomed. He's standing there. He's confident with every step. He knows every, every step that takes a movie. He needs right. a purpose. How many more do we have? Okay. These only two left, and these last two are gonna be tough. Matt, <laughs> that was tough. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Matt, that was hard. You can make one solo film set between the Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith. What is it about? Wait, like like an anthology film? Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Like a solo or a Rogue One. Has to be between oh. episode one and three. So, like, within the prequels. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Tough. I got my answer. F you. Disney Plus comes out with this next year. What is it? I would have a show or a movie... Film, but it's a solo film, yeah. Was Count Dooku... Did Count Dooku betray the Jedi Order before Phantom Menace? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm going to pretend that he did. Okay. He betrayed the Jedi Order after Phantom Menace, so I'm going to make a Count Dooku backstory movie. Ooh, a do what would you call it? Dooku? A Star Wars story. <laughs> 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 no, I, 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 would, I would call it like... Uh, I have to pitch the title, too. Uh, no, no, you don't have to pick it. Sean, uh, it's your turn. No, I, I would make a Dooku origin story of how he was a Jedi and how he uh, fell to the dark side and what he saw incorrectly. And then that would Maybe also... Maybe why the Separatists yes, left? Yes, and then that would be a nice uh, tie-in to see to get more backstory to the Separatists mm -hmm. of like why they're actually Separatists and why they're doing the things they're doing. It's Plus, not you, it's me. that's a character that had a very little 
um, care given to him in episodes two and three, he could use something like that. I so like I'm, it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna uh, go, Sean, go ahead. It. Picture this with me, all right? Oh my God. Picture this. Mm-hmm. Are we hopping on your train of thought? Yes. Right. Really, you open in the winds of a desert somewhere, an unnamed planet. Doesn't matter where it is. Winds whip. Some figure walks into this into the screen, wearing maybe a little bit of tribal armor, carrying a staff or two. Just this du- this know. desert kind of individual. Wanders over the hill, and maybe there's a, a, a raiding party or bandits or something. Something that's there to disrupt his path forward. Mercilessly slaughters them. The hand reaches down. Humanoid-ish. But you just hear somewhere off echoing in the distance as if a foreshadowing of the future. A fine addition to my collection. We look, we see the eyes of Grievous before he's a cyborg. <laughs> we see a Grievous... Before he's a cyborg. No, no, no. We see, <laughs> Wait, we see Grievous... We see Grievous's story of how he ends up with Dooku, how he ends up influencing the war effort. No, he's a cyborg. Remember that? That's they rip open the chest and shoot him in the heart in in his Obi Wan's fight. He's a cyborg. What happened? Why did he forego humanoid flesh for the the safety of machine? Why was he used as a war instrument underneath of Dooku? You'd make a Grievous movie. You'd make a Dooku. Picture it. There's black screen and in desert looking text, the Collector, a Star Wars story. Okay, I, right, I, I, I want I want to say one thing. Juku did do that because he fell to the dark side after Maul died and Sidious needed a new apprentice, and he was so convenient. He learned that he was secretly the Sith Lord, and he turned to the dark side and replaced Darth Maul. So yes, mine does count because it, it did take place after Phantom Menace. Mine is better though because at least Juku is a integral part of those movies. He leads a movement. He leads the Separatist movement. Grievous is kind of an afterthought. He's only in episode three. He dies halfway through. He kind of dies unceremoniously. He's really never a threat. He kind of just runs the whole time and never really actually fights. And when he does fight, he gets all of his arms cut off and then shot in the chest and is called uncivilized. I think Count Dooku would much... I think that movie would be a lot better and it would give a already pre-existing great character even more backstory. Last thing he ever heard was do it. Perhaps you are right, Matt. But here's the thing: look at Grievous. We have we don't know why he became the machine. We don't know why. why and but here's the hair. We don't. Maybe, maybe not. But here's the thing: why did the why did the Jedi whisper his name in fear? Why was he fam- Why did he get all those lightsabers? Think of each life he took. Maybe we could see a little bit of why the Jedi were stressed going into those movies. Maybe we could see a little bit of the terror the Jedi felt. Paint the Jedi as hunted down victims versus could these self righteous. Right. Both of our choices Pricks. are interesting. I have to cut you off okay. because we do have one last question, and it's for Matt first. Oh. Why is it for me first? The last one's for me first. Too. No, the last one was for you. No, I answer my Dooku yeah. first. He did answer Dooku first, but it's still your choice. It's fine. He's rap. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I'll still hit you with it. Right. Replace <laughs> George Lucas as writer and director with anyone else in the industry of your choice for the prequel trilogy. He already has his answer. I can tell. I'm, I'm thinking. I need to think about this for a second. JJ, no, um, um, not JJ Abrams. Um, shit. This one is a brain. I want to make sure I answered this correctly because this is like what's going to be heard by many people. (laughs) You're on the record. I know. Yeah, this is off. This is not off the record. This is very much on the record. If you, if you, whoever answers first, if you have one, you say it first. No, you go. You go. Because I don't know if I have one. You go. Screw you. How about D&D from Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't do worse. I don't think they, they could. They could do worse. They couldn't do worse. I, I, I'm sorry for all they this They don't have to air. end anything. I, I think it's a viable option. All right. I am going to go 
What, can it does it does it have to be someone that was working during the time? No, anyone. Anyone. Dead. Past, present, future. future. Denis Villeneuve. All right, Phyllis, and why? Who okay. is that? Denis Villeneuve. If for those of you who do not know, is the director of multiple great films: Arrival, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, mm. the upcoming Dune movie. Um, he's also the director of Prisoners and Sicario, also great movies. He has shown that he can make great original content and that he can also add to a great pre-existing franchise. Literally the prequels. Original content, but adding to a franchise. You saw his great originality with Arrival. His sci-fi, his imagery, the way that he's able to craft great characters. He would bring that to the prequels. He would give those characters great arcs. He would give those characters great relationships and also add fantastic visuals. And then there's the whole argument of, well, it's a pre-existing franchise. How's he going to fit in? Many people would argue that Blade Runner 2049 is on par with, if not better than the original. Blade Runner 2049 was a great oh, movie. Yes. And he would add so much lore to that. Even He would probably do similar, maybe not the same world building of Lucas, because I don't know if there's anybody on the yeah, planet place, yeah. better than world building as with George Lucas. But for writing, for visuals, for directing, he is great. And he's also, I don't know if he's as much of a, of a, a chief, accomplished writer, but he has been writing credit on most of his movies with other people. He's not a writer-director. Okay. He's a director that writes with others. So I guess that's my only flaw. But just as a visionary standpoint, yes. I would go with Denis Villeneuve. All right, Sean. I've got kind of a little bit for some of the same reasons, but not modern. I if you say Ryan Johnson, I'm going no, I'm not going to say Ryan Johnson. Oh, I was going to say Ryan Johnson. Really? He I'm not part of this. He definitely crossed my mind, but I was like, no, 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 I don't want to steal from another one of the movies. I've got an interesting one, and I don't know how exactly it would point out, but I've got faith in the man. I would get, in his prime, Steven Spielberg. And here's the reason. What was the one thing we did say that was a problem for a lot of kids going into the, the prequels? It's politics and adult things. We all as kids want to see the lightsaber fights and the fantasticalness of the original trilogy in those movies. When we were a kid... You want Indiana Jones. We want Indiana Jones. I want some magic in my Star Wars. And look at Steven... Uh, I can't speak. Steven Spielberg. Indiana Jones. We've got Jaws. We've got little things like that. There's magic. There's a reason that you're freaked out. For in the moments of Jaws. There's a reason why you, you love the sound of the whip crack in Indiana Jones. There's magic behind that. There's a little bit of a subtle nod to it. And what is the force? Subtle. You see it used in little ways. At least in this point in our lives, as experiencing Star Wars, you see rocks move. You see levers switch. And that is the kind of subtle magic that needed to have been brought to those movies. He makes games, cartoons, movies, all that for families and kids. And that's what Star Wars needed a bit of. Less politics, less adult more, where's my fantastic knight with the sword? All right, any last any last remarks? I like that pick. I was actually thinking about doing Spielberg, but I wanted to go a little off the board because I feel like that was a bit of a, I feel like yours is a very safe pick. I think both would be better than George Lucas in the prequels. Well, yeah, I think yeah. both would too. Um, <laughs> but I think yours is a bit of a safe pick, and plus, he's done franchises before, and yeah, they succeeded, but like, I want new... I don't want Star Wars to feel like Indiana Jones. I want Star Wars to feel like Star Wars. I want Star Wars to feel something different. And Denis Villeneuve has shown that he can take franchises... And keep continuity, but also make it feel like its own thing. 
And I feel like that would yeah. be a lot better than just taking a guy who's done multiple different things and has his hats in multiple different projects. He would be so sidetracked with making all these other movies, whereas Denis Villeneuve is an artist. He only focuses on what he's doing. That's why he's taking so much time making Dune right now. He wants to make it perfect. Steven Spielberg would be doing a movie every other year in between Star Wars and be a really, really sidetracked. He'd be making the BFG or whatever. Whereas Denis Villeneuve is an artist. He focuses on one thing. He makes his craft perfect. I'd argue he hasn't even made a bad film yet. Perhaps you're right. Perhaps. Well, that's good all, fight. folks. Good, good fight. fight. Very good fight. It was, right. very, it was not as bloody as I'd like. You guys are too professional. So, <laughs> we are going to post polls probably about two days after this episode comes out for everyone to listen to them that wants to listen to them, and we'll post polls on Instagram, and we'll have you guys vote on who won each argument, and then we'll reveal the oh, results. Yeah. I want to hear people's answers to the questions. Too. And I'll, Yes, and we'll also ask you guys answers. Yeah, we will list questions these questions, well. and we want to hear your thoughts. Good questions, Connor. Thank you. Good stuff. Bravo. So, yeah, so Connor, we'll, we'll have you on for Bloodbath multiple more times, oh, I think. Oh, good. Because those, those are the kind of questions I think. Those are the questions we're looking for. Yeah, um, those kinds of arguments are definitely what we want to see in the show. And granted, I promise, uh, at least on my end, if we want blood, I'll try to be a little less professional this time. Uh, <laughs> it's just that your questions were actually really, really thoughtful. If it was more along the lines of who's hotter on Anakin mm -hmm. Rogue One for the entire thing... Oh, yeah, like that, that was had. a little bloodier, so, yeah. yeah. It was a little bloodier. <laughs> and it was, I, 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 guess I like the I, insights, though. My thing, though, with the whole, especially with that last question, I really wanted to make sure I was answering very educatedly. Yeah. Yes. Same, same with me. And I, I wanted to make sure I was on the record with a good answer. Absolutely. I didn't want to throw out like a Michael Bay or something like that. Absolutely. <laughs> Could be fun though. No. All right. No, we'd have we'd have like racist jokes in Star Wars. <laughs> oh. If did that. But even so, uh, to kind of close us out, this uh, I can't even speak. Uh, to close us out, we do want to share one last little bit, a little bit of a ranking, as it is our trademark. Uh, the group of us have gotten together. We've talked about those terrible lines of dialogue that have been turned into countless memes and jokes over the decades. Uh, so we've all put together a list of five of our favorite memeable lines from the prequels. And we'll go we'll go pretty quick since yeah, there's a total can, of 15 here. Yeah, and so. we can just rattle them off. Literally, we'll just do five through yeah. two. There's no arguments. There's no defense yeah, here. They're just all bad. Honestly, we know it. it's probably all great picks. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're, yeah. we're probably so overlapped. Yeah. All right, Sean, you can start as if you want. Oh, I'm going first. Yeah. Well, I feel like we should let guests go first. Yes. Okay. Oh, all right, Connor, Connor. your table manners. You he just Connor. served as a wonderful referee. Let's uh, let the man all right. have his turn. So I'm starting with my number five, correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, my number five is I have the high ground. <laughs> uh, my number four, there's always a bigger fish. It's a, it's a good one. I, I, I'd rather it be higher, but number three, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. So, like, you could use that in so many situations. Uh, number two... This is where the fun begins. Mostly because I have lots of experience with beating on young children. No, no, no. But <laughs> could be fun. Am I going next? We do have a lot of... Oh, By all my, means, go, man. My number five is... Um, I'm going to try to do them in the voices. because I don't. So number five is... I love democracy. I love the republic. Oh, boy. <laughs> number four is... Um, I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. Uh, <laughs> my number three is also a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. And then my number two is one that's actually not memed on a lot, but I laugh every time. We actually uh, referenced this earlier. It's when Anakin jumps out of the car and everyone goes, I hate it when he does that. <laughs> Even though he just did that. Like, is, is, he is Anakin jumping out of cars from really high up what everyone hates? 
it happens all the like, time. Like, is that what he hates? <laughs> I think so. I hate it when he does he hates that. Hates falling. I, I, How I, often I, does he do that? Exactly. Is it like a common I want to see a blooper reel of Anakin jumping off of things. I hate it when he does that. <laughs> all right, your turn. All right, my five. Uh, my, my fifth one is the dark side of the fourth is, uh, force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. Um, That's from episode nine. What are you talking about? No, it's from three. <laughs> Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. I'll Dark Knight this again. I will. It is from episode nine. Because literally all of Palpatine's lines in that movie are just directly quoting. They say. are. But I liked it in context of the original, and I'm keeping it here at number five. Uh, my number four was a surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. We all had that one. Uh, number three was one that never gets memed on, but after hearing it again recently, I realize it's too good. Um, it is uh, from Governor C.O. Bibble. A communications disruption could mean only one thing. Invasion. <laughs> makes no sense. It makes no sense. Bad cell signal. It's an invasion. Um, <laughs> uh, my number two is, hello there, response with uh, General Kenobi. I love that. that asthmatic robot so much. Love that. Um, and then, of course, my final one is, you were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. Nice. I'm going to say the invasion one every time my Wi-Fi cuts <laughs> off. Your it's one? an invasion. <laughs> uh, my number one is, of course, hello there. And then my number one, I actually didn't have Hello There. Oh, I skipped this in my number one. My number one is uh, one that Connor had already, because um, it's my favorite one. Because there is always a bigger fish. Bigger fish. <laughs> I saw that coming a mile away. I, I just love the, the scene when the, when the fish eats the bigger fish. The bigger fish eats the fish. And then it just cuts back into the ship and all the music drowns out. It's just quiet and going, there's always a bigger fish. Maybe the bigger fish was a Sith Lord. <laughs> a, a Sith Lord? Are you sure? Absolutely. And our worst fears have been realized. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, and also, an honorable mention, I think we all can agree that um, I don't like sand. Yes. It's coarse. You can't, it's rough, you, you it's can't choose it because it's above all the other ones. It gets everything. It's in its own tier. Because mm -hmm. it describes the prequel. Now this. Yes. Now this is pop racing. This is pop racing. <laughs> and with that, that is the end of our show. Um, like we said, we're going to put up some polls. We're going to ask these questions that we got asked tonight to you all. Uh, I'm also curious to see. We'll throw up a little question on those polls as well. Who can tell me uh, what my drink this evening was from? I yes. was drinking Slusho this evening. Yes. So uh, credit to whoever can guess that right. There's no prize, but we just want to see how much of pop culture you guys know. You'll so, get a shout out on next episode. Yeah, you'll get a shout out on uh, on on who can ever who can tell me where Slusho comes from. Yes. Um, uh, I think I speak for both Sean and I that we just want to thank our wonderful guest here, Connor. Aww, Let's give him a nice absolutely, thank you. a Connor. wonderful addition, and he'll be back for many more. Yes. Uh, yeah. And even I believe if, actually you already have all of your questions for each of the other Star Wars plans. Uh -huh. Is that correct? Yep. Yes. Yeah, so we've and other things having, that you've said you've had plans. Yeah, so uh, for all of our everything is fine universe listeners, um, what we're planning on doing is over the next five episodes, including this one, we will do each trilogy on an every other week schedule. So next episode after this will be something else entirely, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Then the episode after that will be the original trilogy. Then there'll be another week of another topic. And then I believe uh, that final episode will be the sequel trilogy. And that will also include Rogue One and Solo. And in that episode, we'll be ranking all the movies. Which will be very, very fun. Yes. So, so we'll have another uh, original trilogy specific list for the next Star Wars themed episode. And Connor will be on all of those Connor Star Wars episodes. Connor will be episodes. on them. And we may also have additional guests along with Connor because yes. we know several people who are very passionate about the different trilogies. I know what I have trilogies, to do. But I don't, but I don't know, know if I have the strength, strength to do it. it. <laughs> um, 
But even so, uh, and Connor, of course, will be around. Connor may not be a guest on every single episode, but if me and Matt ever want to have an excuse to try and strangle each other, we'll pull Connor in for an mm-hmm. end segment of Bloodbath and, and, once in a while. And also, um, if you are listening and you have a topic that you would love to talk to us about and you want to host your very own Bloodbath and come in with your own questions, please reach out to us. Because as much as we love Connor, we also want to get all of your input and all of your questions on the table. Yeah, so okay. if you also want to have a blood, um, uh, judge a bloodbath session with Sean and I, if you liked what you heard tonight, feel free yes. to reach out to us. And we all know you all have your own opinions and you've taken the time to share them with us via on, on Instagram, on YouTube. We've been reading those comments and we love every single one of them. Uh, I will say, though, the uh, hilarity of last week's comments off of the Pixar episode, it sounded like a uh, class of Quidditch prep with everyone shouting up. So, uh, <laughs> so As it should be. As it should be, and we apologize for that. Up is phenomenal. It just didn't make it for those lists. Yeah. Um, but even so, we would love to have more guests on the show. We want to know what you guys want us to talk about, what you would like to have us fight over, and... If you have an idea, or if you want to be a guest, reach out to us. We've already got a few people waiting in the wings, and we're excited to expand this wonderful family we got going. Absolutely. And Connor, once again, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. means the world to us. So yes, thank you all for listening to this third episode of the Everything is Fine podcast. Thank you to Connor for joining us once again. Our first guest spot, I think, went very well. And yeah, I believe that pretty much does it for the Star Wars prequel episode. So yeah. Uh, we thank you, everyone, and we'll s- and of course. Just remember, no matter how crazy life gets, everything is fine. <laughs>